Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Kinsey Elizabeth. And I literally literally was going to be like, and you are watching Disney Channel. And you are listening to the I Love You So Much podcast. Today, we have another Nashville recording. You know, uh, my my country roots are here. Uh, We have Callista on the show. I have known Callista for years. She has been on social media forever. I've known her from like OG YouTube days. She has popped off on TikTok in the recent years. And that's cool. Like, I, I do want to talk about that. She's done 100 million views in two years, which is crazy. But more importantly, she has done so much in the mental health space. She's incredibly vulnerable. She's incredibly open. She um, has OCD, which we're getting into. This is a very interesting podcast episode. I left this conversation with a whole new, like, honestly, perspective on mental health. Like, mental health is a huge thing in my family. We pretty much all struggle with it in some sort of degree, and then therapy, we talk about this all the time and on meds, on and off my entire life in most of my family. So it's a really huge thing. But even I did not know much about OCD. I came in with one idea of what it was and left like mind blown, honestly. It's a really interesting conversation. Anyways, I think you guys are going to love this episode. I really love talking mental health. If you guys want me to have even more people on the show who specialize or know more about different sort of like mental health illnesses, you let me know, okay? DM me, let me know. Um, As always, you guys can watch the show on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, follow us on TikTok, on Instagram. Also, as always, we are doing a giveaway. I'm giving away a breadwinning housewife or Tumblr to a lucky winner who comments a brown heart on my latest Instagram post on Kenzie Elizabeth. The New York Live show is coming up. It is just a few weeks away. June 20th, New York City at City Winery. Um, Tickets are available You guys can just look in the show notes. I have it linked there. And also, we have a Dallas pop-up shop for the Breadwinning Housewife Collection. So the Breadwinning Housewife Summer Collection, which is our best yet, it launches on June 16th. But on June 11th, if you are in Dallas, Texas, you guys can come shop the collection early. We're doing a little sip and shop pop-up. It's going to be so much fun. We can hang out. I'll be there the whole time from 12 to 3. All we ask is that you guys RSVP. It's a free event. We just kind of need like a headcount sort of vibe. So I'll have that in the show notes as well. Anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Callista on to the show. Callista is here today. Hello. 
We're just going to continue our conversation. But we're talking about like TikTok versus YouTube kind of thing. So we know each other backstory from YouTube. How long ago did we meet? I met you at VidCon with like Suede Brooks. And like, do you remember that? Forever. Yes. 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 That's crazy. Throwback Thursday. Yes. Like probably like what? Seven, six, seven years ago? Yeah. That was a really long time ago. Yeah. A really long time ago. That was crazy. Yeah. I remember I like met you and I think her name was like. Erica? Yes, Erica. Yeah, like a whole group of y'all. And um, I did not know anything. I was just there to meet like the freaking O2L boys. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I am not here to network. But yeah, no, it's crazy to see how like things have changed. And that now like wild. it's my full-time job. And I'm not a fangirl, but I was at a point. <laughs> no, that's funny. Well, be a fangirl and be proud too. Like I, I was talking to Carter Faith about this yesterday. And she yeah. was like, I'm a fangirl and I'm proud about it. I'm like, that's a good attitude to have. No, you know? it is. It is. I grew up loving like creators and their content and that's how I got to where I am like I really believe in that so it's just interesting now to like see like what is it called like the pipeline or like yeah the pipeline too from like fangirl to like industry like they say that in like music and oh I say fangirl to like FBI agent oh I I could see that too yeah yeah believe me I like totally like went on a deep dive with my boyfriend before we met oh and it's it's (laughs) a good thing to do well the other thing is so my business partner for the Okai and the clothing brand that I'm starting she was like one direction fangirl like to the max and I will tell you the skills that she acquired from those years of her life are so helpful business-wise because I'm like oh I want this connect or I need this we need this person we need this article we need this whatever and I'm like can you figure out who it is I am not kidding within seconds she's like oh here it is has an email that's like hidden like people who are fangirls can do anything anything like my friend used to find lights and like that like crazy like stalker but at the same time like now he he's got a great job because he can do whatever he wants like it actually is incredibly useful it really is is. it was weird back then but like at the time (laughs) it was the craze you know and like we were kids and like a lot of people were doing it you know like it's kind of just weird to think about now just like what they were doing and like I would have definitely felt a little uh invaded if I were a celebrity yeah it definitely crossed a lot of lines no don't get us we're not condoning the action. But I don't think like fangirls are like the same they are now that they were like in 2014 and like the height of One Direction and Bieber and whatever. I know. I agree. Why do you think that is? I think honestly, like I could go on a whole tangent about this, but I think there's like a very blurred line between like a celebrity now and like just like a person. I don't know. I just I feel like celebrities aren't seen as celebrities anymore like everyone's just like at the same sort of line does that make sense do you think that's yeah I was gonna say yeah I don't know I just because like now there's not really the paparazzi that there was in like the 2000s like there's not really like that like hierarchy anymore we have more access to them too than we've ever had and so I think that because you see day-to-day life it almost makes them more human and on the other hand I think in COVID it really showed how out of touch like so many celebrities are in Hollywood. Yeah. And I personally, like I have friends who are like maybe my literally business partner is probably my only friend that's like more mainstream focused. Everyone else that I know and talk to and friend wise, not even being in the industry, like my normal friends who like don't share their lives on the internet, they are, they pay attention to influencers. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting. I don't know who's on the Disney channel right now. No, I I couldn't tell you. I don't even know. Like Real Housewives, I kind of know them. But like I could tell you every influencer from micro to macro to like mega. Like I know all of them. Like I just am so much more interested in like real people. Me too. And I think with like the Real Housewives franchise and stuff, it is a mix of like almost like real people because it's reality. And then also they have such a large digital footprint and there's so many podcasts that are based around them. And like there's a lot of things digitally 
that I feel like add to those brands. Well, they feel real. Like, yes. Yeah, because they start off at, or as real people with just a lot of money, but then they, yeah. they turn into like influencers and like celebrities. And I don't, I accidentally was on the background of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Wait, how does that happen? Because my boyfriend, the place he was working at, they had them like come in to like shoot a scene and they were like, do you guys want to be extras? So, like I came to his work and I was an extra. That is so it. funny. Didn't get paid. I was like, I should be getting like a, <laughs> a paycheck. Right, yeah, like, write me my check, please. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was definitely an interesting experience to say the least. Yeah. I saw Teresa Judas, I think her name is. <laughs> I'm like so far behind on Real Housewives. The only reason I know anything about them is because of the toast. It's okay. literally from listening to that. I don't, I'm bad about watching TV in general. Though. I hate TV. I hate TV. Besides the Nashville show and Friday Night Live. I saw that on your story Hill. last night. I've never seen it. Okay, I had so many replies of people saying that. And let me just tell you right now. I am not, like, I know I'm in Nashville and I'm like, I just am conveniently also watching Nashville. I've watched, it is my favorite show. Like, there is something about this show. I feel so connected to Raina James. And maybe it's because I really would love to have been a country music star if I was musically talented, you know? Do you feel like you watch it because you're here and it's like, you want to like... No, because I I watched it in Texas. Okay, okay. I didn't watch it in Nashville. I just happened to be rewatching right now and I'm in Nashville. Okay, that's like honestly like really amazing. And it's a great time. And like I watch the show and I'm just so emotionally connected. And I don't feel that way with shows. I feel that way with books, but I don't feel that way with shows. Interesting. I know, I'm weird. I feel like I want to watch it now. Isn't Lena Stella in it? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, she's really Her and her sister. It's back when they did, like, they were big. YouTube. They They came from YouTube. Yes, the cup song. Okay. Y'all, I am so excited for this weekend. It is Memorial Day weekend. It is a big, big weekend here in Texas as well as everywhere. I'm just thinking, like, I need to be at the lake as soon as possible. That is my vibe. I'm going to be at the lake. I want like some grilling moments. One time on the 4th of July, I thought we were going to grill my friends and I and they ordered Olive Garden. I'm still mad about that. So I'm trying to just make this Memorial Day the best ever, okay? And if you are itching to spend time outdoors this Memorial Day, Macy's has everything you need to make your get-together the best on the block. They've got outdoor dinnerware and fun translucent colors. It's really like trendy and cool. I'm obsessed. They have barbecue tools to keep the burgers coming and the outdoor furniture to seat the whole crew. I'm actually going to be picking up these barbecue tools because I've decided my new hobby this summer is going to be grilling. It's going to be my new thing. Plus, don't forget to pick up the fun in the sun essentials like swimsuits, sunscreen, specifically sunscreen, and so much more. So head on over to Macy's.com. They have everything you need for Memorial Day and to make your get together again, the best on the block. Again, go head on over to Macy's.com. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Okay, so speaking of YouTube, I want to talk about, circle back to what we were saying before we started recording. So you started on YouTube. Yeah. And then obviously kind of like transitioned to TikTok. Can you take us through that journey? Yeah, so I did YouTube from the time I was 14 until I was 
19. And I really struggled because so on YouTube, I really I mean, like we both kind of grew up and like got saturated. Like, you know, like yes. my life is Ava, like yes. Bethany Moda. That was and the it, worst thing never happened to me. No, like was. they're great. People, it's, it's not them not personally. Your style. Like I can. Tell. Oh my god, it's just not me. And we fell for it for like a good year, and it was the worst thing I ever done. Sorry. Continue. No, no, I I agree. And like for me, like I I always say, like I went into YouTube and I was like showing people how to do their makeup, and like I did not know how to do makeup. Like I was fourteen. Like I I had never touched makeup oh, until same. I turned on a camera. But I I had an interest in like the whole YouTube realm of the world. So I think for me, like I saw that era and I like didn't fit in, and so I turned it into like really scripted content and like. Like turning my own niche because I wasn't really doing that. My videos were saturated. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like the pan cameras. No, like in your, I think one of your biggest strengths. Now I would say it's your vulnerability, but yeah. also you were just really good at production. Like you I had incredible it. videos always. In a way, I kind of feel like it was good for you almost because you just made really good videos and that's when they were more highly produced and not like vloggy vlog. Yeah. That's the thing. And I really liked like the highly produced content and not in the sense of like showing people how to DIY, but I liked like telling a story. Like I would take a video, like I got my first iPhone and turn it into me like smashing a laptop. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a whole a story storyteller. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love storytelling. And I, I really wanted to write children's comedy for a while. And that was kind of what I was trying mm-hmm. to showcase. Cause like I had signed with Awesomeness TV and they had a lot of contacts and they knew like the realm of the world. I I wanted to go into was like writing for Nickelodeon at the time or something along those lines. So we were just kind of navigating that. And then obviously like that kind of took off. And when that started taking off, I think I like had a couple of videos hit that were like middle school focused. And oh my God, I want to cringe. They were really good videos. They were great. Give yourself credit. They were really good. They were good. But the issue was, is like, I kind of fell into like, okay, well that's doing well. And now I feel like I can't make anything else. I was like 19 playing this really young character online. And I was like, at this time, like I was like starting to go to parties. I was starting to drink. Like I was like, I feel like a fraud. Like I have kids watching my videos all the time. And like, yeah, I have exes on my hands that I'm like scrubbing off before I film. You know what I mean? And like, it was just like Like hand sanitizer immediately. And I was just like, this just feels like weird. And I was kind of losing like the production aspect. And I feel like a lot of it, and I don't know if you feel this way. When I moved to LA, I felt like I lost a lot of my creativity. For me, it was like I was surrounded by such creative people that I felt like my ideas weren't as relevant because like everyone else was so creative. So I think it was like a mix of the both. And then I had a horrible OCD flare up and I just quit. I just quit. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. So I took like a year and a half off. And then I... I moved back home and I was going to go to FITM. And I was like, I'm just going to go to college. I'm going to like become and work in entertainment. Like, and I'm going to do something in the background. And then I started TikTok mainly because I didn't want to get followers. Like I just wanted to like be on it because I thought it was fun. And I think that's kind of why it worked out for me was because I started it as a hobby again. And I felt like I always say like TikTok feels like how I did when I started YouTube where it was so fun and it wasn't for money. And even now, like my management gets so mad at me because like I'll have brand deals and I push them off to the last minute because I'm so into like the creative aspect that I'd rather post everything creative before I post a brand deal. So I don't know. I just I I really love like for some reason, short form content right now really reminds me of old school, like what I was making, but it feels like I'm actually being myself now. And I can just like tell a story throughout my own life, if that makes any sense. Well, you were also saying like off camera that you uh, weren't really yourself on YouTube and then you were yourself on TikTok and TikTok is what blew up. Well, that's, yeah. And I was saying like, like with you and your friends, like I feel like you guys always really did a good job at showing your life in the moment. And that's what people really gravitate to is like, you guys have never like hid 
anything going on. You know what I mean? Like you were saying like you were in college at a point and like you were showing I did go through a phase though where I was saturation and that was horrible. Yeah. And I think like your audiences have really like grown up with us. Yeah, exactly. Grown up with you, like see your friend group, like gravitate to you because you guys have been so like honest and like kind of kicked the bullshit at an early age. Whereas like for me, like I was so like, okay, well, this is what I grew up in and this is what's working. And like, I don't know how to stop that. And like also like the character, like all of my YouTube videos, I've never hid this, were scripted. I wrote all the scripts. Like I, like Awesomeness TV knows, like at the time, like I feel like no one's there anymore. But like my management at the time, like knew I was like writing scripts and like you can watch the videos. Like they're obviously scripted. But it's it was like I was playing a character in each one though. It wasn't like I was necessarily being myself in anything but the intro and outro. So looking back, I don't think I ever created that like long-term audience because it was just so like in the moment not to discredit the content I was doing because I think the content I was doing was great and I'm really proud of that content but I think that it just wasn't sustainable for building an audience after that yeah because no one knew anything about me well that's the other thing I say all the time like I know what I would need to do in order to hit like a million subscribers but I just don't want to do that and long term I want to have a platform build businesses write books like do things like that it's like when 26-year-olds are making back-to-school videos still. See, and they're so gaining. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I looking back, it's odd. <laughs> it's, it's so odd. And I'm like, you're having sex. But then you're no, ma- like, talking about middle school. Like, it actually is kind of weird. Like, like, that was the point when I, like, started, like, dating. Yes. And I was, like, drinking. And I was like, this is just weird. And also, like, like, not that I would ever let a man tell me what to do. But it's just, like, it's weird. Like, when your friends are, like, what the... Like, what are you doing? Like, no, it's, it's, I think about that too. I'm like, even I did it when I was about 19. And I'm like, okay, the guys that I was dating at that time, like, not that it's about what they think, but but it's, it still is weird. It is weird. And it's just like, I've privated a lot of them, but I mean, people still watch them. And I don't want to private them because I do feel like they are helpful to an extent. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'm really proud of like what I did up until that middle school series. Yeah. Y'all, let me tell you about the shoe of the summer, all right? It is bright pink, like ballet flat from Rothy's. So comfortable. The color is actually dragon fruit. And I am obsessed. They're pointed, so they're really flattering. They're just, oh my God, they're so easy and also easy to clean. I'm obsessed. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. I love a pop of color. You get so many compliments, all right? And I just am obsessed with these shoes, okay? They're known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that is just the beginning. They have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. You can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. They are insanely comfortable, almost like a slipper. And you can really wear them out. So instead of like feeling like you have to wear like a heels on a night out where that's just like not comfortable at all, I'm telling you, get the Rothy's, like the point shoe. Like they're just the absolute best. Literally, as soon as you take that first step, you're going to be like, thank God. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All of their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They have repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. Again, 125 million. That is crazy. So y'all know that I love my Rothy's, specifically the point in the color dragon fruit. If bright colors are not your thing, don't worry. They have so many classic colors. They also have this like little lotus floral that I think is so cute too. It's like bright, like pink and orange, which are really the colors of the season, all right? 
They are so stylish. You can wear them with literally anything. They are so comfortable. You can also dress them up, which I love the most. And they are so easy to wash. Like it literally feels like you just got a new pair of shoes when they come out of the washer. They're so freaking easy. So your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash I love you. That's rothys.com slash I love you. R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash I love you for $20 off your first order. The videos themselves were still good, but you just make a good point in that. And what I was saying, like I have friends who try to or like maybe a little more negative and trying to like pressure into like you need making this content and this content that's more clickbaity. And I, I would rather stay at the size that I'm at with the like really cult community that I've built because that's what I want. I don't want a million views and like people who aren't really like engaged with my life and aren't going to like be there for the long haul. Yeah. So I just like while I need to do a better job of focusing on growth on YouTube, I'm just now like, OK, I need to like make videos that are searchable and whatever because I put that off and I only like doing vlogs. Yeah. I'm definitely leaning too far on one end, but it's when you are vulnerable and open with an audience is when like now with everyone that like loves your TikTok so much, it's a very like, as soon as you were really yourself and vulnerable, it was what like, that was just like, well, that was like the thing like, I for so long like grew up like I feel like we both grew up in like that very saturated era and then it turned into like Facetune and filters and Instagram models and like looking perfect and like I was the textbook definition of that for a really long time after I stopped making the videos I did like I got on Instagram and I like was so like perfect and curated and like everything was about like what I looked like and like money and like all that and like looking back it like disgusts me like it really does and like I think like at a time like when I was recovering from my eating disorder and I had like gone through everything with my OCD I was like I do not want to like sell this anymore like it's so unhealthy I hated my life at that point like I don't want to like make anyone else feel that way and I I think I had seen like a lot of it came from I signed with Shine Management Mm -hmm. and um they have a lot of girls that are body positive that are doing mental health like they have a very type of girl shine like shine is very like you can spot a shine creator from anywhere we say I think a lot of like seeing what they were doing and like having conversations behind the scenes like really made me realize that I could like tell my story and it would probably be seen as a positive and not a negative and I think also for me like I had so much to say that I wanted to tell it because I felt like there was value in it and like god I feel free now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really do so it's it's crazy to see that and just like the change and that and I don't even know what I'm saying anymore but <laughs> no but you so you go on TikTok and then you're very open mental health wise specifically with OCD yeah also I have family members who have OCD and I texted them recently and I was like oh my gosh like I didn't even think about like you should follow this girl but they were like it's kind of crazy because it's not really that talked about like yeah mental health is talked about definitely but I feel like specifically OCD yeah maybe not as much maybe I'm just not following no, the people it, it's not it's not and it's it's interesting because like with me another reason when I started my TikTok and like I said I grew followers really naturally like I wasn't trying to gain followers I was literally just thought it was funny like it's kind of an accident. like yeah it was it was really an accident and once I started getting a following I was like well what's important to me because like I think another thing about rebuilding my platform was I didn't want to rebuild it with like no substance this time like I really wanted like you a wanted message. like a why yeah yeah exactly because if not you lose your purpose in it so for me the one thing at the forefront of my life since I was 10 is OCD like you can look back and there's like 
content online from when I was 17 making videos about it. But yeah, OCD is a very taboo subject, especially like the type of OCD I deal with and the type of OCD I feel like a lot of my viewers deal with. It's very taboo. There's like seven forms of it. And I think I want to say seven. There's so many like I, I feel like there, you, you, there's like, you know, like your t- typical, I, I want to say like types like five, but then there's a lot of like sub. Yeah, I was gonna say like themes. sub. Yeah. Su- yeah, it's interesting. And like, I want to speak up for everyone that hasn't had the opportunity because like, I'm very open, like it almost took my life at a point. So like, yeah. I'm very open about the fact that like, I want to speak about it because like, I don't care if people think I'm crazy. Like, it's a very real thing. So no, definitely. Yeah. And then you've had, I mean, so many like crazy opportunities. I feel like you are almost in like a a kind of like a Victoria Garrick way where I feel like with people on social media, we're also talking about like different opportunity that comes from that. It's interesting. Like I always like when, like I'm definitely more, I'm like, I have a YouTube channel that I do a podcast and I do a clothing line. Like it's definitely more typical. No, but that's not typical. I mean, like you're doing great though. Like I, like I would love to do that potentially at a point. But like, I think for me, like I really have an interest in like the political Field, I guess yeah. that we're in right now and just like advocacy and so like and such a unique story that I, needs to be told yeah, that's the thing I have a very unique story and also like mental illness runs very heavily in my family like it's not and I Me don't too. talk about that yeah. at all like on my TikTok and so I don't think people understand why it's so strong in my like life but it's like I have seen it affect so many people in my bloodline that it's like I want to like start making that change and like also like it's just like if it's pivoted into that like I said like I wanted to go to FITM when I was like 19 20 like I wanted to like I don't know like help social media stars and like I still would like I it's funny I talked to my friend Bennett and he's always like don't forget your first love which is creating and I agree like I think you can reach the most people with like creating content but I think at this point like I've had a lot of unique opportunities that have led me into like actual advocacy and like senate work and like things like that where it's like I am gonna take them because like that's like where it's headed and like I have a genuine interest in it, but I don't have a degree, so. (laughs) I would personally like to introduce y'all to a clean skincare brand called Fleur & Bee. Their line of 100% vegan and cruelty-free skincare products are packed with nourishing, effective botanicals, and you won't find any nasty ingredients like parabens, sulfates, or artificial fragrances in any of their products, which is actually really bad for your skin. Flora and B encourages you to take a moment every day to treat yourself with the best nature has to offer. Their products are carefully formulated to give you healthier, happier skin so you can look and feel your best. Flora and B is also conscious of the environment and all of their products are made using renewable wind energy and 100% post-consumer waste packaging boxes. Another reason I love them is that they give back 1% of every sale to a charity called Days for Girls, which provides menstrual care and education to girls in need. So they are the full package. With Fleur and B, you get ethically made clean skincare that won't break the bank. All of their products are affordably priced at under $40. So to check out their product line, just head over to fleurandb.com. That's F-L-E-U-R-A-N-D-B-E-E.com. To sweeten the deal, you can use code I love you and get 20% off. I recommend starting with the starter set. It is a three-step skincare routine that is only $50. It comes with a cleanser, moisturizer, and eye cream. Everything you need for glowing and hydrating skin. So again, just head over to fleurandbee.com. That's F-L-E-U-R-A-N-D-B-E-E.com to place your order now. And if you happen to live near a Rite Aid, you can pick up Fleur and B products there as well. So fleurandbee.com, use code I love you and get 20% off. Well, I want to talk about this, but yeah. before we do, 
something that I love about you is that you are just very curious. This is I, it's like my favorite quality in people. And you have pivoted and changed your mind and done so many different things where I've been like, no, I have this interest. And you're like, I'm going to like, oh, I want to go to FitM now. And then you change your mind. But it's like, yeah, even being like, maybe I will one day. I love that about a person. Yeah. And you have always just had, I don't know, there's just something about you that's very curious and you actually like act on things. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's oh, I bad. like this and I, I do like it. I'm flighty. One of my no, I think told it's me good. I was flighty one time. I, <laughs> okay, like, first off, you were in your 20s too. So like, I feel like yeah. you have every right to be that. But I think on the other end, maybe people think flighty. I don't think so. It, it's a lot more like courageous to me to like continuously change your mind and like try out different things, especially when you're like, I don't have a degree, but I'm doing this. Like that takes a lot of courage. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, I thank you. I agree. I think like for me, I just want to see where life takes me. And like, I have so many interests. Like I said, when I was like 18, 19, I thought I'd be like a social media, like marketing manager or like I thought I'd I remember that time, industry. actually. Yeah. Or music industry or something. But like now it's just like, I feel like this has so much purpose. And like, like everything falls in a place for a reason. And I think this is like where I'm supposed to be. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about like Senate work and stuff. I mean, can you just list off the things that you've done? Because it's crazy. Yeah. So... I feel like I've wrote this feel so many times. I'm like, I'm like, let me pull up my Grammarly doc of like, me, like <laughs> editing my resume. Okay, so I spoke at the Active Minds conference on basically what was it? It was destigmatizing mental illness in a digital age. That was the the name of my panel. So I, I did that, and then I wrote an article for Made of Millions on the same topic, um, which is like a nonprofit. And then I was in Psychology Today talking about body dysmorphia. And then I got an email this morning. I'm really hoping if it doesn't happen, I really don't. Well, I do care, but I'm like, it's out there. I think I'm speaking at the International OCD Foundations Conference. Wow, congrats. I think they sent me an email this morning, yeah. like maybe like, like say, say that you of, are, you're yeah, speaking like, so it. I'm, say, yes. I'm speaking it into existence. I think I'm going to get that. And then I just did a 50 minute interview with Jed Foundation for Jed Voices yesterday in New York, New York City. Yeah. And that was really awesome. And then I just got offered a job at one of the biggest foundations for mental illness in America. Wow. So what would you be doing there? Like, what does that look like? I would be facilitating youth groups and like wellness programming for obviously the youth. And it would be based here in Nashville. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. But I, I got the verbal offer and then I got the written offer. But it's so since I don't have a degree, though, obviously they're not. And also I have a history of mental illness. They're not just gonna like throw me into mm -hmm. it. So for me, I have to go through like a year of training and a mentorship before they're going to give me the opportunity to do it. But I think it's honestly amazing because like I said, like I don't have a degree, but I have the firsthand experience of being yeah. a patient myself. So like they're giving me that opportunity to kind of still have the job and get the training without a degree, which I think is really fun it's, and cool. <laughs> it's also so cool because it's such a powerful thing. Like now this isn't, I mean, obviously, I think interest kind of like, a, that's not really how I'm trying to phrase it. Yeah. But like, it's like, oh, you're interested in this, you're interested in this. And then with this specifically, like with mental health, it's like you are sharing your journey and your experience and helping like millions of people at this point yeah and then what that turns into to then help more people like I can only imagine how like meaningful it feels yeah almost versus it just being like oh I was interested in this you know no it is and it's 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 interesting because like when I first started so it's called OCD Queen and I've 
considered, I didn't think it would blow up, honestly. So I kind of want to change the name to something a little bit more professional. But I also think like keeping things like light and airy and, like, is more why fun it does almost. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So the series has gotten over 20 million views in the past two months where I show like my day to day life with OCD. And I honestly think it's because sometimes it would be seen to like a normal person as bizarre, like my like like rituals and habits and like my obsessive thinking, which is fine. It can be seen as bizarre. I get it. It's like a typical person. But it's just, I mean, like put the views to the side. It's just like the amount of people it's touched. It's the impact of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many people that have said like either like I've never seen somebody like talk about this thought process and a lot of kids. So one of my colleagues sent me this post by the New York Times, not the New York Times, the New York Post the other day about how TikTok is actually doing bad for mental health and mental illness. And it really pissed me off bluntly. Your um, response was good. Thanks. But I mean, like, I think they had some points to an extent of like, yes, content can be triggering. And I agree. But like, it is up to the viewer's discretion if they want to like consume that content at a point. But at the same time, like, it's there for a reason. Like I never had any representation my whole life. Like the most I had was Howie Mandel saying he like washes hands, which is his OCD is very valid and it's diagnosed. But like my whole thing is like, I've never had anybody talk about like intrusive thoughts or just like the more specific, like more taboo topics. So I think the New York Post really was, you know, just talking a lot of things they shouldn't have said, but to each Maybe could have just... Yeah. Not spoken on that. Topic. I think it yeah. should have stayed an opinion that shouldn't have been posted. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually couldn't have placed this ad for better help at a better time or in a better episode. Not that I placed these, but still. All right, guys, how fitting is this ad that we're about to talk about? Okay, we're going to talk about better help. One of my favorite sponsors of the show. I'm very, 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 very pro therapy, I guess pro better help. I just think that they're absolutely incredible. Literally yesterday I was thinking like, I don't even know if you can do this, but I want to get gift cards for better help and give them to people and like have that be a thing because it is just so incredible. So if you guys have never gone to therapy or maybe you stop because it's become more expensive or maybe going into an actual office can be a little bit more intimidating. I'm telling you guys, better help is where you go. Life can get overwhelming. People are burned out without even realizing it. Symptoms of burnout can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. We associate burnout with work, but that is not the only cause. Honestly, any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what is causing stress in your life. I have said this so many times. I have been in therapy on and off for most of my life. And the thing that has helped me the most with therapy is more often than all, I don't really know where my emotions are coming from unless I actually talk to someone and it has helped me tremendously. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat session with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, which is incredible. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and I love you so much. And my listeners can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That is betterhelp.com slash Kinsey, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Kinsey. Can we get into what OCD or your specific experience yeah. with what OCD actually is? Because I do think there are people who, again, the only representation is like, I wash my hands a lot or I, I just don't think people really know. I don't feel like I really knew what it was until a few years ago, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's, 
a different experience for everyone living it. So like for me, I deal with five forms of OCD and I have since I was 10 years old. So like it's first started as like intrusive thoughts, like where I thought like if my mom went to the grocery store, she would get in a car accident and it's my fault because I didn't like turn off the the knob right. Right. So then like that's how it manifested at first. And then I had it all throughout my teen years and it kind of like stayed that way. And then when I was 19, it turned into like really extreme harm OCD to the point where like I would have like for example, my friend Kylie knows this, like she would come to my apartment and she was also a YouTuber and she was like on tour and like doing things. And like, so she would stay with me. And I told her, I was like, you can't stay with me. Like I'm petrified. I'm going to accidentally hurt you. And like, it was like a really weird conversation to have where I was like, you know, I think like I could like accidentally hurt you or like do something. And like that breaks my heart. But like, I can't like be around you. And I really isolated myself from a lot of my friends because I thought I would accidentally like stab them. Like it's so gruesome, but like that's how my brain worked. And I was like, it's so petrifying. And then it got to the point where I wouldn't leave my apartment because I was petrified of seeing my family and like accidentally blacking out and doing something. But at the same time, I was petrified of hurting myself because I was so scared. And I would sit in my apartment and it took about a month. And my mom came over because like I I would co-see them, but it was like very weird how I was acting. And my mom came over and my apartment looked like it was like a scene out of Hoarders. Like I was so petrified. I couldn't touch anything. I like literally like if somebody like I think I've gone through like a mental breakdown. You know what I mean? Like it really because I when I got my treatment at UCLA, like they said I was a very severe case of it. And yeah, so I was supposed to be at UCLA for six weeks. I was there for three months to get me back to like a functioning human being. But yeah, it was like a hard time because like I lost, I didn't lose my friends. They came back. But like I had to go through like this really weird period of like telling people like my most deep thoughts that sound so crazy. And like if they accept it, they do. And if they don't, like they're not the person for me. And I think like you can't hate people for not accepting it, but like you can choose to like not have them in your life because it is your reality it's a very bizarre experience to live with. But with that being said, like I am medicated now, like people with OCD don't want to hurt people. Like that's not, but it's just the reality of it. Like it's, it's how your brain is wired. It's almost like you care so much that you don't like you obsess over it. You know what I mean? But I survived (laughs) when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Cause obviously you're 10. I can only imagine you just assume that other people are like this too. Or did you think like, Oh, there's something a little bit off. Well, so I think I realized it because up until sixth grade, I'd never experienced that thinking. And then I went to school the next day because I started it over a weekend period, I remember. And then I went to school and I said I was going to stop. And I literally was leaving my sixth grade homeroom and I had to go back and tap the doorknob four times or I literally thought like my mom was going to die at the grocery store. And I like realized like that's going to get me bullied. And then one of my friends, Nicole, who's getting married next weekend and I'm Aww. her bridesmaid. So um, it's just, yeah. So, I mean, but she accepted it. You know, like it's it, like, I always thought it would be so isolating telling people, but the people that know me like stay. And so she saw me and like, she was at my house and I literally just kept redoing things. Like we were hanging out and I was like flicking the the light switch. And I was like, like, it, it's it's just very repetitive. But it's like, if you saw me doing it, you would think it's probably bizarre. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, would, like, put my pillow back on my bed four times or we'd be playing with dolls and I'd, like, circle their arm four times or else I thought something horrible was going to happen. She told me, she was like, this is not normal. So my parents brought me to a child psychologist at Nemours Hospital in Orlando. And they're the ones that diagnosed me with OCD when I was 10. And then they wanted to put me on medication, but obviously like no parent wants to put their kid on medication at 10 years old. So I I wasn't medicated until I was 19. 
And I wish I was medicated sooner, but I understand like my parents' reservations with it. But I do think if like medicine had intervened earlier, I wouldn't have gotten to the point I had gotten to. But I mean, like you, you can't think about the what ifs, you know? Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who has either a family member or a close friend who's dealing with OCD to support? Yeah. This is like a big thing and it obviously sucks, but you're not supposed to enable it or enable their thought process. So like I would be sitting there and I'd be like telling my mom, I'd be like, I, because my parents evicted me out of my apartment because I was going to get evicted because I wasn't paying rent because I was like, wasn't working. I wasn't posting and like, like no one had heard from me. So like I was about to get evicted from my apartment. So my parents came and got me and they were like, you have to stay at our apartment now. And so I was staying at their apartment. And I remember the first night I was crying and I was like, I can't fall asleep because I'm going to like black out in like the middle of the night and hurt somebody. And they were like, no, like you're going to just have to deal with it. Like, and they wouldn't give me like reassurance. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you can't give reassurance. So my parents kind of just had to let me like deal with the, the anxiety of like, what if, and like, that's kind of like the only way to break that cycle. Cause like my brain and like somebody without OCD is like very different. Like my brain is like chemically like lit up if Mm -hmm. you like look at a picture of it. Whereas like most people's aren't. So like you have to kind of like break this cycle, like in like treatment, they like write the cycle for us. And it's like obsession, like ritual, like obsession. And like, it just keeps going. So like you want to like break it and like deal with the anxiety. And it's like not pleasant. It's a horrible experience. But like, it's like each time you do it, like the people on camera can see it. It's like a mountain and it just kind of keeps going down each time. So you just don't want to reassure them. But you want to be there for them and like listen. I think listening is the biggest thing, but just not giving that reassurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a very it's it's hard because like the the thing you want to do is give them reassurance. But like that's in the moment it might help them. But like long term, it's just like feeding into that cycle. Yeah, it's enabling. Yeah. So it's hard as a loved one, but it's yeah, it's yeah. very hard. And it's a lot more common than people think. Like I, I truly think it's like a spectrum. Like I don't think everyone's diagnosed full OCD, but I do think like a lot of people do with like habits and forms of it. But again, like if you like think you have it, I would say like get help sooner than later because it it spirals really quick. What would you tell your 10 year old self now to like speak up for myself? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I think like for me, like I, I really didn't want to like bother my parents with it, but it was ruining my life. Like I, I feel like it really ripped me in my teen years, like to the point where like I was able to go back to school because I was homeschooled and I was given the option in high school and I was petrified of going to high school because I thought I'd get bullied for it. So like I think like that, like if I could like speak up for myself, because like I think it's cost me a lot of opportunities because like I said, like when I was like 19, like I got dropped by like my management and I had like really great management at that time that was like representing real celebrities and they dropped me because I wasn't working. And like granted, everything happens for a reason. And I love Hannah and Shine, but um it's just crazy to like see like what it's cost me. Like it cost me like an eviction almost. Like I had a, it cost me $7,000 to move out of my apartment. It's cost me friendships. It's cost me a lot, but it's also given me a lot. So like there's Mm -hmm. pros and cons to everything. No, definitely. I think it's so cool what you're doing. And again, I just think people, I didn't know that there was so many other things to OCD until probably like three or four years ago. Yeah. And I am like pretty well versed in like the mental health space. I've also been largely affected by it myself and like family members and everyone around me. It's been a huge part of my life. But even I did not know much about OCD until the recent years. Yeah, I mean, it's just not talked about. And like you can't hate people or like even be mad at people for not understanding something that doesn't have representation in society and media. 
But I think like what gets a lot of like OCD sufferers angry is like, for example, like Khloe Kardashian and like she could have diagnosable OCD and I think she does, but like almost like pivoting off of that and like making like profits off of that. And at the same time, like I know like Target has like an obsessive compulsive Christmas shirt and like that's just like exploitation of the Mm -hmm. disorder. What did Khloe do? She like made a container line like basically like off the acronym of OCD. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Which I feel bad because she's talked about it a lot. Like I feel like she very well could have diagnosable, but at a certain point, like I'm not going to sit here and like sell OCD. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not the best look. And it's not helpful to the community. That's the thing. Like, it's just like your product, like, like it feels like exploitation. Like, I don't know, like even like sometimes like people have asked me like, do your videos feel like you're exploiting your disorder? And I'm like, at at this point, I feel like I have had my disorder exploited so many times that like, if I want to tell my truth and this is like what feels creatively like liberating, like I'm allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not exploiting anything of anything. Like I'm telling you how it is. Like, whereas like, if like the New York Post writes about it, like that's not them. Like they have no insight into it. So do you feel like we're heading in a better direction? Yeah, no, I really do. I'm <laughs> like, like when I did Jed Voices yesterday, I said, I said, like, I think what gives me hope is like the next generation. Like, I really believe our generation is heading in like a really a lot more like inclusive space. I mean, like, I think like you can attest, like, yeah, I think like we're a lot more inclusive and like we're a lot more understanding about just the different types of people and the different types Accepting of forward folk. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're like really forward thinking. I think like if anything, I have no doubt like that we're going to be a lot more of a loving generation, but my child will be in therapy from the time they are two on. <laughs> yes. We, I always say, I'm like, my parents divorced. We were talking about this before. I'm yeah. like, it was rough. It was, <laughs> I was like, it should have been a Lifetime movie, but we had court mandated therapy. Like, that, we, like you have to. Right? We had to go. Yeah. And I, our first therapist, to be fair, was horrible. I will say I did have a bad experience, but I've been in therapy off and on since. I'm in therapy weekly now. And it was the best thing to ever happen to me. I think it's so healthy. I will be the same thing with my kids. Yeah. No, I I tell my boyfriend, I'm like, our kids will be. Yeah. (laughs) Our kids. Yeah. They'll be in therapy from the time they're two on. Like, because like, I think two is like the age most kids can start like technically like speaking and like playing with clay and like doing like that, like art therapy. And I'm like, they will be in it. Like, yes, I will allocate funds for that. No, like. I'm, like, I'm in therapy because I don't want to pass, I mean, for a multitude of reasons, but like, I don't want to pass my problems on to my kids either. I'm like, I want to get as healthy as I can be too. Yeah. To where I'm like, I mean, obviously no one's perfect no. at all, but I want to just be the best that I can be. But it's also a lot more like accepting in our generation. And like, yeah. we're like so much more aware that we want to do that. Whereas I feel like it was so taboo in like our parents' generation that it was just a lot different. I agree. I got really lucky though. My parents were very, I will say like all that being said my parents were very helpful and my dad I have very bad anxiety and my dad from the time I was like a bait because he had it like both I mean it's everyone in our family but my dad from a young age like knew he was like all right we need to like take care of this like he just immediately knew I think because he saw like himself and me that's fair but it was really helpful, I will say. So I am grateful for that. But therapy is great. It's expensive. And I heard... Um, better help is helpful, though. It's cheaper. Better help. Yeah. yeah. And I heard... I think it was Alicia Marie in her podcast say, like, therapy is expensive. And I think, like, this even is, like, kind of a privileged statement to say. But at a, the same point, like, I think, like, know your resources. And, like... But she did say she was, like you know, think about how much therapy costs, but think about how much like your burnout will cost you. And I think like that's something I have to remind myself because even times I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for therapy or I don't feel like I can 
technically afford it. But it's like if I can afford to like go like spend money at Aritzia, like I should be putting that money into therapy because like how much will my burnout cost me? Mm -hmm. But with that being said, like again, like your resources, like if you can't afford therapy, like look into group therapy, look into like hotlines, look into like online like forums. Like there's so many resources. There's also certain like scholarships for therapy and stuff now. Mm -hmm. So I completely agree. I'm the I'm like 24. I'm like the older I get, but like the older I get, the more. my money I feel like goes towards my health and it doesn't matter like food, mental health, physical health, like because I know one, it's like my coping, not coping mechanism, but it's how I stay on top of taking care of myself. Obviously I get health, but it helps me a ton and I obviously have to pay for it. And I'm like, I, it's expensive. Like that's the thing that's really hard because it's, I come on the podcast, I'm like therapy, but it is, it's a privileged thing to even be able to go. I mean, yeah, and it like sucks that it is. It shouldn't be. And like that's a whole discussion in itself. But I mean, like I just like even like me, like it's like we both like have like good incomes, but it's like it's expensive. Like Mm -hmm. it, it really is. And so like if it's expensive to us, like imagine like somebody in college that has like no income who's already in debt. Like that's just like. I don't know. There's so much work they need to do on it. And that's why I'm going to try to do it. I love it. I'm nobody. But. No, you are killing it. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. I Thanks loved this episode. Um, where can they find you? Calista DeWire. It's pretty. Well, my name is not simple, but Kenzie will have it. I'll have it. It's tagged on Instagram, YouTube, yeah, show notes, TikTok, everything. All of that. Yes. So. Well, thanks for having me, Queen. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. I love you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed. I will have Calista's socials linked below. Go check out our resident TikTok star. I love her so much. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, leave a nice rating and review. You can watch us on YouTube. Anyways, I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next Thursday. <laughs>